We're going to continue this morning in the book of Philippians, and we're in the second chapter, which we started last week. Last week, we did look at the mind of Christ, which is the mind which is to be in us. And I hope you've given thought to that throughout this week, of having the mind of Christ, a mind of submission, a mind of humility, a mind of obedience. Now Paul continues and states that because Jesus Christ was willing to humble himself, God the Father has highly exalted him. And so we're going to look at the name which is above every name. Folks, sometimes I don't think we stop and think about Jesus Christ and who he is often enough. Matter of fact, later we will be observing the Lord's table Again, as a reminder, a memorial of what Christ has done for us. But as we think of the name of Christ, we're going to look at it this way this morning. We're going to see, first of all, it is a worthy name. A worthy name. Secondly, it is to be a worshipped name. A worshipped name. Our third point is it should be a welcome name. And then lastly, it is a wonderful name name. Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 9, wherefore, now the wherefore, when you see a wherefore, therefore, you got to stop and see what it's there for, right? So what is the wherefore going back and referring to? Well, starting at verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not a robbery to be with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, because of this, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. You and I must exalt the name of Jesus Christ. Let us look to him in prayer. Father, again, thank you for your word. Thank you for this passage. And as we examine this morning again, Lord, we, may we understand the importance of the name of Jesus Christ. And may we understand it's a name which is above every name, a name which is to be exalted, and so may we do so today, and we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him. It's an exalted name, a worthy name. Why? Well, the reasons for his exaltation is, again, going back to what we studied last week because of his humility. You know, there's too many today to think the way to get to the top is to walk all over everybody else. How often do you hear people talking and everything they say is about me? They talk about me and tell you how wonderful I am and all those things about people love to talk about self, do they not? They're putting up self and many times putting down others. Let me tell you something. When you have to put down others to try to make yourself look better, you are showing your pride. Jesus did not walk around saying, I'm better than you. Did he? He didn't try to put others down. Now, 
Yes, he did criticize the Pharisees, but he criticized them for breaking the law of God. He criticized them for leading people astray. But when it came time to deal with sinners, you see him having a heart of compassion. But Matthew 23, 11 and 12 tells us, But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. You want to be exalted? Learn to serve others. Learn to humble yourself and allow God to exalt you. Don't worry about trying to exalt self. Again, too many trying to put, build, build up self and not walking humbly with God. You know, as Christ's ministry, as Christ was here on earth, he did not his own will, but the will of the Father. Humbling himself to the will of the Father. Which goes along with the next reason why he was exalted, and that is his submission. He submitted himself again completely to the will of the Father. James 4, 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Luke 17, 9 and 10, Doth he thank the servant because he did the things which you commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye, when ye have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which is our duty to do. Too often when God works among us, we want to take the credit for what happened. Our attitude rather should be, we're just unprofitable servants. God gets the glory for anything that's done. Again, this goes back to what we looked at last week, having the mind of Christ. Let's go again to verse 9. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him. Highly exalted him. In other words, raised to the highest position. Exalted beyond measure. The Greek word is the, has the prefix of hooper, which is a superlative. You know, we have good, better, and best, right? Or if you're in the South, good, better, and bestest, Right? Isn't that what they say down here, Stephanie? The goodest? Somebody says bestest. I don't remember where I heard that. Bestest. It's the goodest down here, isn't it? Goodliest, yes, okay. But yeah, the idea of the best. Well, this superlative is the highest superlative it can be given. It is above measure. The name that God has given Christ, above all. Think about it. It is the only name in which there is salvation. Acts 4.12, neither is salvation in any other, for there is none other name given under, given under heaven among men, whereby ye must be saved. You know, people call us narrow-minded bigots because we say there's only one way to heaven. Well, it's not what we said, it's what God said. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. It is by one name, the highest name, the name of Jesus Christ. It is only by that name you can be saved. Many today try to teach a false doctrine. There's many ways to heaven. Matter of fact, there was an interview done where Billy Graham at one point said, I believe there's people who have never heard the name of Christ, who will be in heaven. I question that. Now, he later denied it 
or re recanted it, but he did say it in an interview. It was an interview with Schuler, Robert Schuler. In an interview with Robert Schuler, Graham had said that there's a wideness to God's love. The people who had not even heard the name of Christ could be saved. Now, he was questioned on it and recanted it. But my question is, what made him ever think that? Because that's not what the Bible teaches. Show me in the Word of God where you cannot even name the name of Christ and still be saved. That's not what the Bible teaches. You see, here's the problem. People think, well, then it's unfair because what about those people that never hurt? Well, the unfairness is not on God's part. It's on our part because we've been given the commission to tell them. And if they haven't heard, it's not God's fault. It's our fault. Think of that. If they haven't heard, it's not God's fault. It's our fault. You see, this is why it's important that not only do we talk to our neighbors and we talk to our friends and we talk to our coworkers, but this is why it's also important that we are faithful in giving to missions so that, that we can send missionaries to areas that we can't go so that they can share the gospel with those with whom we will never come in contact. So it's a superlative. He's highly exalted, raised to the highest position, exalted beyond measure. 1 Peter 5, 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, and given him a name, given, freely given. He was freely exalted. Hebrews 1, 4, Being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. There is no name placed above the name of Jesus Christ. He's given him a name above every name. So the name of Christ is a worthy name. Secondly, it's to be a worship name. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, the things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Things in heaven. Well, who's in heaven? We see, do we not see the angels worshiping God, worshiping Christ? Were they not worshiping Christ in the Old Testament? In Isaiah chapter 6, as the seraphim stood at the uh, throne of God with six wings, with twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, with twain he did fly. Things in earth. There's not a man, woman, boy, or girl on planet earth, whoever's been on planet earth, it will not bow before Jesus Christ. Things under the earth. You know, even the demons ultimately will acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. There's not a, a being that exists that will not acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. Let me say that again. There's not a being that exists that will not acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. I've said it this way before. You can either bow the knee now, or you will bow the knee then. I would rather be one who bows the knee now and comes to him in repentance and says, I need your forgiveness. I need your salvation. And I'm glad I have come to him and he has provided it, aren't you? And I would rather continue to bow the knee now and say, you are Lord, you are master. And I would rather bow the knee now and serve him with what life I have than to reject him and pretend he doesn't exist and will bow the knee before him in a judgment of condemnation. 
because you do realize every knee will bow. Now think of this. Think of this. When you say, well, if, when I, if I share the gospel with them, they may make fun of me, or they may do this, or they may do that. I want you to stop and think for a moment that if you don't, they will bow before Christ at the great white throne judgment, and they will be condemned to an eternal damnation. Was it worth your embarrassment not to sharing the gospel with them? Because every knee will bow. You know, before the fallen angels already know Jesus is God, do they not? And they will be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. They still acknowledge, though, Jesus Christ is who he says he is. The angels that are in heaven are worshiping before him. Man has a choice, does he not? Now, our choice is not whether you will acknowledge that he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. It's when will you acknowledge that he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. There needs to be an urgency in sharing with others that it is critical that they understand their need for Jesus Christ and bow the knee now because they will bow the knee then. Back in June when we did the Stand for Life rally, the young lady, Alex, we got to talk to afterward. She was, I, I forget exactly how her question went, but I do remember basically saying to her something that I've said to many. I said, let's just assume for a moment that your belief that nothing happens after we die is true. That we just get buried in the ground and nothing happens. I said, and I have lived a life following God, <clears throat> trying to follow God, and believing certain things that life has value and you know, trying to live a good moral life and all those things. I said, if when we die, what have I lost? She said, well, nothing really. I said, now, what if I'm right that there is life after death and that there is a God and that we are accountable to him? I said, what's that do for you? And she hung her head, did she not? Folks, we need to present the reality of eternity to people because they are going to bow. And that was my way of telling her, you are going to bow before him someday. Will you acknowledge him as Lord now? Now, I believe most in this room have received Jesus Christ as their Savior. But I want you to understand something. While you have bowed the knee before Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to give an account still one day of what you have done for him, done with the life that he's afforded you when you stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, I am thankful again that that is not a judgment of condemnation. It is a judgment of reward or loss of reward. The idea comes from the Bema seat. The judge would sit at the Greek games and, and to offer the crowns to those who won. What crowns are you laying aside in heaven? See, too many Christians want to find out, what's the furthest I can go to sin and it not be sin? What can I do and it still be okay by God? How far can I push the limit? 
When we act like that, we are acting just like children. Children always want to push the limit on everything. Do they not? You know, as children grow up, and hopefully as a good parent, you start to give them more freedom, right? And so let's say your child turns 16. Okay, well, now they're going to get a driver's license. They're going to be able to drive and perhaps get their own car and whatnot. It's a new freedom, right? What do, what do 16-year-old teenagers do with the new freedom? You see, let me relate it this way. They've been living in a box, if you will. And a good parent's going to put a box around their child, if you will. Not a literal box, sometimes maybe, but maybe when they're a toddler, okay? But other than that, as they grow up, the box gets a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger, if you will. Well, take that time, and I'm using 16 because it's a great example. When the box has grown a little bit, right? What's a child typically do? What most kids do is, ooh, I got freedom. I wonder how far this extends. And so they try finding the edge of the box, right? They will do whatever, they'll push it until mom and dad say, no, this is where the line now is, right? You follow what I'm saying? Okay, you now get to drive. Okay, well, that means I get to pile all my friends in the car and I get to crank up the radio and I get to drive as fast as I can. No. Now, kids will try it, right? And then mom and dad have to say, all right, you've lost your driving privileges because I told you nobody in the car with you and, you know, keep the radio off so you can concentrate and whatever, right? But kids always want to find out, okay, you told me this is my new limit, but I want to make sure that really is. I'm going to push it as hard as I can. That comes from immaturity, okay? Here's what I find in many Christians. Well, the Bible says this, but it doesn't condemn this. And although many people think that it's bad, maybe, maybe I can twist it enough. You see what I'm saying? It's still the same idea of trying to push the limit as far as I can. Let me ask a question. Why do we want to do that? If there's any question about, is this activity, is this thing wrong, then how about just avoid it? Play it safe. One that I'll, I'll give you one that, is very prevalent in our society today. Social drinking among Christians. Well, the Bible doesn't condemn drinking. It condemns drunkenness. Okay, let's just say it does for just one moment. How many alcoholic beverages do you have to have before you're drunk? Define drunk. Well, the, the law defines it as 0 .08 blah, 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 whatever. Okay, that's what the law says, but that's already when it said, they're saying you're now incapacitated. So if you're incapacitated at that point, then maybe you should be well under that. I got an idea. How about don't drink at all, and then you're safe, right? I mean, but we always want to push that limit. Push that limit. How about we set ourselves, if you will, and I'd hate to use this term because the way it's been redefined of in our society today, but a safe zone, okay? <laughs> and live in that box, if you will. And it's okay if others mock you and say, you just put yourself in all this box and you have all these rules and blah, 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 blah. You know, I'll give you another example. I believe the biblical example of modesty teaches the covering of the thigh. Now, does that mean that I could wear long shorts down to my knee. Can I wear long shorts to my knee? Would I be unscriptural doing so? 
You know why I choose most of the time never to wear shorts? I do once in a very, very few times I'll wear shorts, but most time I don't. One, because my legs are white as snow. Number two, more importantly, because I want to set a higher example. Because if you see my shorts right here, then you know what somebody else is going to say? Oh, well, then mine can be here and be okay. Now, that is a personal choice that I try to set a higher example because I figure if somebody wants, I'm supposed to be a pattern that others can follow. That is a requirement God has placed on me, is it not? Right? Okay, so I want to set an example that if others follow it or try to tweak it a little bit, if you will, they're still okay. Does that make sense? We could go on with examples, but we won't. The point being this, you're going to stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ and you're going to give an account. Think of that every decision you make in life. You're going to give an account before Jesus Christ. Let's move on. His name is a worthy name, it's a worship name, and it should be a welcome name. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, it's interesting, when Jesus was born, it wasn't the priests and scribes and Pharisees and Levites coming to worship him. It was wise men from the east. The Bible doesn't tell us it was three. They brought three gifts. It doesn't say they were from the Orient. It says they were from the east. Okay, so we can go on all these things. But the point being is there were wise men who traveled a long distance to come to see this little baby and welcomed him. And it wasn't the night in the stall either. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, And when they were coming to the house, not the stall, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense and myrrh, each of those gifts having a very, uh, very important significance of the ministry of Christ. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So not only will the knee bow, but every tongue will confess again, either here or at the judgment. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Every tongue will confess. And I believe that's the importance of Romans 10, 9, is that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. And the belief in your heart, I believe both are important, by the way. This also is why the name of Jesus Christ should be used in a respectful manner. Not in vain, including the euphemisms, I guess they call it, the Christian cussing, I call it. The substitute names for God, the substitute names for Jesus, the substitute names. And we all know when you use those, what everybody's talking about, right? Christian, how about we just not do so and even give the appearance of evil, the appearance of using my Savior's name in an improper fashion. Also, we need to be careful using his name disrespectfully. By the way, using the name of God in vain, I think can apply, and I'm guilty of it at times, and I, I, I really try to work on it. You hear it a lot, but it, the vain 
has not just the idea of using it in a vulgar way, but it also has it using it in a flippant way. And so very often we hear people pray, Oh God in heaven, as I pray today, God in heaven, Lord God, I want to, I want to thank you, God, for... And, you know, when I talk to Al, I don't sit there and say, Al, today I want to talk to you today, Al, about how you're doing today, Al. Al, how was your week, Al? Al, that's great to hear, Al. Do I talk to people that way? No. And a matter of fact, if I started talking to you that way, you'd probably look at me like I'm really ridiculous. Hi, Enid. How you doing today, Enid? Is Enid fine today, Enid? Glad to hear Enid is fine today. Thank you for telling me that, Enid. You know I'm talking to you, right? Okay. Why it sounds somewhat humorous, why do we do it to God? Honestly, folks, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm not trying to criticize. I'm not trying to be a holier than now. But I, I, I really truly believe it's disrespectful to his name when we use it so flippantly. Now, the Bible does teach us as we pray to address him as father. Okay? So to open your prayer with an address to the father is fine. But I don't have to keep readdressing him the whole way through the prayer in a flippant way, if you follow what I'm saying. And I think it's something, including myself, we're all guilty of at times and we all need to work on. Because it is a respected name. It's a high name. A name not to be taken loosely. A name not to be taken vainly. Then lastly, as we look at the name of Jesus, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. It is a wonderful name. Several years ago, I put together a list, and I do not claim for it to be exhaustive, but I put together a list of names of Jesus Christ, and I've listed them in alphabetical order, and so I am going to read you my list that I have this morning as we think about the name which is above every name, the great name of Jesus, for he is the advocate, the almighty, the alpha and omega, the amen the apostle, the author and finisher of our faith, beginning and in the end, the beloved son, blessed and holy potentate, the branch, bread of God, bread of life, bridegroom, bright and morning star, captain of the host of the Lord, carpenter, chief shepherd, chief cornerstone, chiefest among 10,000, child, Christ, Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus our Lord, Christ of God, Christ our Passover, Christ the Lord, Christ the power of God, consolation of Israel, counselor, day spring, Daystar, Deliverer, Desire of All Nations, The Door, The Door of the Sheep, Emmanuel, Eternal Life, Everlasting Father, Faithful and True, Faithful Witness. We also see the name of Jesus is Faithful and True Witness, the first and the last, first begotten of the dead, firstborn of every creature, the forerunner, friend of publicans and sinners, gift of God, glory to thy people Israel, God, God blessed forever, God with us, good master, good shepherd, great shepherd of the sheep, Great high priest, head of the body, the church, heir of all things, high priest, holy child Jesus, holy one, holy one of God, hope, horn of salvation, I am, an image of God, Emmanuel, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ our Lord, Jesus Christ our Savior, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ, Jesus the King of the Jews, Jesus the Son of God, judge the quick and dead, just, just one, King, King of Israel. King of the Jews, King of kings, King of saints, Lamb, Lamb of God, Lamb that was slain, Lamb without blemish, 
the last Adam, the life. Light of the world, light to lighten the Gentiles, lily of the valley. Lion of the tribe of Judah, living bread, living stone, Lord, Lord of all, Lord of glory, Lord of lords, <clears throat> Lord our righteousness, Lord God Almighty, the man. Man Christ Jesus, man of sorrows, master, mediator, Messiah, Messiah the Prince, mighty God, most holy, Nazarene, offspring of David, only begotten of the Father, only begotten Son, only wise God, physician, precious, priest, prince, prince of life, prince of peace, prince of the kings of the earth, prophet, propitiation, rabbi, redeemer, resurrection and the life, righteous branch, righteous judge, righteous servant, rock, rock of offense, root of David, rose of Sharon. Ruler in Israel, salvation, Savior, Savior of the world, scepter, seed of David, seed of the woman, servant, shepherd, sh shepherd and bishop of your souls, Shiloh. Son of the blessed, son of David, son of the Father, son of God, son of the living God, son of man, star, teacher, true bread from heaven, true God, true light, true vine, truth. Unspeakable gift, very Christ, vine, the way, wisdom of God, wonderful, word, word of God, word of life. And by the way, that is not an exhaustive list. But every one of those describes our Savior, Jesus Christ. What a wonderful name. The name above every name. It's a worthy name. It's a worship name. It should be a welcome name. It is definitely a wonderful name. Christian, hold the name of Jesus Christ high. Tell others of his great love for them. Let us bow for a word of prayer.